0: I'm glad you're here. How many of you are here and you would say to me, you know what, Ryan, I'm here because I must, because if I'm not here, I will not achieve my, you know what? Praise God. There are a lot of you who say, I'm here because I really want to be here. And I like both of you, both types both types of people. Those who want to be here and those who need to be here. Maybe some of you are both. Um, you need to be here and you want to be here. So thanks for being here. Um, it's going to be an exciting day in chapel and I won't go into our introductions because we'll do that a little later. I do want to introduce to you however someone who's right here on your campus. Someone who's the director of the endowed scholarship program here at Baylor and his name is Bill Dooby. and many of you need to know who he is. So I hope you will welcome with me Bill Duby to the stage. 26 years ago, a young woman sat where one of you sitting today. She'd come to Baylor with some of the same dreams that you have. She'd enjoyed her Baylor experience, participated in a variety of activities, and developed her spiritual walk with the Lord. As she approached graduation, she probably experienced some of the same anxieties as every graduate experiences. Then she was out of Baylor, her education was behind her, and the rest of her life was in front of her. Little did she realize just what that meant. Twenty-three days after she left Texas to work as a special events coordinator for Lay Witnesses for Christ, her life was over. On January the 27th, 1987, Sherry Mooney died in a car wreck on her way from Nashville to Knoxville, Tennessee. She and her passenger were on their way to Knoxville for a fundraiser for Lay Witnesses for Christ. It was an icy day. The car went out of control, and both passengers were killed. But the quality of life must never be measured by its quantity. Sherry Mooney lived 23 years. Her goal was to serve the Lord through lifestyle evangelism. She succeeded. Sherry lived out her Christianity in a non-obtrusive but shining way. She was an individual of strong convictions who believed in the scriptural mandate to be salt and light in the world. In memory of Sherry's life and her witness at Baylor, her parents, Mr. and Mrs. Bruce Mooney, and her sister, Tina, a Baylor graduate, established this endowment to honor lifestyle evangelism and selfless Christian witness. The endowment provides this memorial chapel and two scholarship awards to students nominated by their peers. This chapel honors Sherry's memory, but it's not about her death. Rather, it's about her life and the commitments that she made to Christian witness. It may be trite, but nonetheless, it's true. Only one life, and soon it's past. Only what's done for Christ will last. To know him, to make him known. That is what the Sherry Mooney Award is all about, and we dedicate this chapel program today to honor the memory of Sherry Mooney's life. <clears throat> today, it's my pleasure, on behalf of the Mooney family and Baylor University, to present the Sherry Mooney Memorial Awards for 2010. The first recipient is Shay Cheever, a sophomore business major from Cheyenne, Wyoming. The person nominating Shea had this to say, As a community leader, Shea embodies lifestyle evangelism and incarnational ministry. Dedicated to serving God by ministering to the freshmen in his hall, Shea has excelled in his role because of authenticity and his compassion. Congratulations to Shea. The second recipient is Latrea Scott, a freshman chemistry major from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Her nominator had this to say about her. At the heart of Latrea, in what fuels her academics, her community service, and her leadership, is a deep and mature commitment to Christ. You cannot be around Latrea without sensing how fundamental her Christian formation is to all that she is and all that she does. Congratulations to Latreya. Again, on behalf of the Mooney family, your peers, and Baylor University, we extend our congratulations to you on your selection of the Sherry Mooney Award, and thank you.
1: Let's begin chapel with a word of prayer. God, we're grateful for Shay and Atria. And for all those who somehow bear to us a part of your love, for every way in which smiles of our friends, encouragement of loved ones and challenges of faculty member will help us today, we 're grateful. Help us to open up to it. Help us not to waste a beautiful day like this. May we be awake. At a deep level so that we might we might let ourselves be blessed by good words and good works and be called to do the same. Through Christ we pray. Amen. There have been over 54 chapels this year, and we have saved one of the best for last. I'm so glad you're here this morning to be a part of this chapel and hear Dr. John Trent He's been a leader in the church for several decades. As Christians have asked this question, what does it mean to love well? We've had this intuition and this idea that if we're going to be Christians, somehow it ought to make a difference in the places where it should matter most, in the intimacies of our life, in family, in in marriages, in parenting, and things like that. The church has worked at that, uh, thankfully, over the last several years and John Trent has been a part of that and has been leading the way. He has spoken just in the last 5 years to over 100,000 people. Spoke to over 750,000 men at promise keepers rallies through the years. He has written uh, about a dozen books and and uh, literally over 2 million of his books in print. We're really blessed to have him here. He is a father His daughter, Laura, is a freshman here at Baylor. Some of you probably know Laura. He's a graduate of TCU just up the road and of Dallas Theological Seminary. He has a Ph.D. from North Texas. Mostly, he is a wonderful, kind human being who is serving the Lord, trying to help us understand ourselves, to take what is in our heart and mind and make sense of that in a way that we love better and make the world a better place because of it. We're so blessed to have him here at Baylor today. Would you welcome him to the 10 o'clock chapel?
2: Hey, how y'all doing? Good. Well, um, uh, I bring you greetings from the great state of uh, Arizona. Who's ever been to Arizona? Let, let me see your hands. few people, all right, including my daughter who might be out there. That's why I'm getting some shout-outs, I think, uh, uh, this morning. I think Laura's out there. I can't see her with the lights, but she's got to be out there. Hey, yesterday I'm driving in Arizona. It's already 90 degrees. Now, don't do this with your iPhone because... Uh, I probably shouldn't have been driving and actually done this, uh, but this is what I saw yesterday. I had to get a picture of that. Is this cool or what? I mean, um, this doesn't have anything to do with what I'm speaking about, but I just thought it was really cool. So anyway, um, let's move forward then. Um, Hey, thanks for coming to chapel and uh, uh, being a part of this. I want to jump right in and... uh, I want to look at something that you brought to Baylor when you started this year. And it's also something that you're going to be taking with you, whatever this next step is summer school, internship, going back home, whatever it is. But I want to start off by talking about what are some unique God given strengths that you have. And here's what I'm getting at a long time ago, I came up with a way of looking at personalities and have written about it, but it starts off with this, and I want you to think about your roommate, or if you're here sitting next to a friend, I want you to think about who's your this friend that you're with here today, and ask yourself this question, uh, are they a lion? Now, who are the lions that are in here? Well, they're take charge, assertive, charge up the hill kind of people lions are the kind of people that think that stoplights are a tool of Satan. Have you ever noticed that? Um, Have you ever been on a long trip with a lion driving the car? Do they ever stop the car? No! Keep the car moving! Because if they ever stop the car, then all the people that they've been passing start passing them, and they have to get in the car and chase them down. So driving is like competition to a lion. These are the people that think that stoplights are a tool of Satan, basically. I mean, they'll Come up to a stop site. Will they stop the car? No, they'll drive through the mini mart just to keep the car moving. So they're great people, great leaders. Um, if you're a lion, then you're the ones that let your parents live at home, basically, because you're you're in charge. Well, then there's some of you that are here, or your roommate, or the person that's that friend of yours, and they're like an otter. Well, who are the otters? Well, otters are people that love to what? Yak 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 yak. Why does the average otter come to chapel? Is it actually learn anything? No, are you kidding? It's because there's people there. You know, well, of course they have to be here, but also there's people. They get to walk with people. They get to sit with people. They just don't know anybody's name. Have you noticed that? They know thousands of people. They just, but that's why they call you bro because they don't know your name. So everybody is bro. Hey bro. Hey sweetheart. Um, but they're great people and they love to start things. Otters start, 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 start. They don't finish very much, but they love to start things. So how? What do they do with their term paper? Okay, the big one that's due next week, when do they start? The night before, why hurry, you know? Uh, But they're great people, fun-loving, these are parties waiting to happen, basically, is the otters, right? And then there are some of you, there's a, oh, and by the way, otters hang out in herds, there's a whole herd of otters, Um, but... Uh, Then there's some of you that are here that are what we call golden retrievers, and they tend to be very sensitive, very caring, very compassionate. They tend to buy 18 to 20 boxes of Girl Scout cookies every year because it's genetically impossible to say one small but very important word. What is it? No. Really hard to say no, right? Well, um, the Lord has given us two precious awesome daughters. Here's one of them, Carrie, our oldest daughter, and Carrie is 100% lion, 100% otter. So what does that mean? That means she leads the way to the party, basically, okay? Uh, she was a high school cheerleader. Oh, I wonder why. Well, then uh, there's Laura, our purebred golden retriever with papers, you know? And Laura, um, all kids live in fear when, they're, when, they, when their dad is a speaker that they're going to share stories when they're a kid. Uh, but when, when Laura was about five years old, she comes home from kindergarten and, uh, uh, and and we're watching TV, and she stands up right in the middle of this TV show, and she starts walking down the hall, and I go, wait, wait, where are you going? And, I go, and she goes, comes back, and I go, what's the matter? And she goes, well, Dad, I just realized I did something wrong at at kindergarten, and I'm sending myself to time out Okay, all right. Now, do these kids send themselves to timeout? No, they send you to timeout, and you better like it, you know. But Laura would actually send herself to timeout. She was so sensitive. So they're great people. And then any engineering majors? We have any uh, engineering? Okay, well, then you'll know the answer to this question, or you uh, might, anyway. Uh, Let's say that you go on after Baylor to graduate school at MIT. What is on the class ring at MIT? Anybody know what's on the class ring at Caltech? Well, uh, at both Caltech and MIT, which arguably are two of the finest engineering schools in the country, on the class ring is the beaver. How how come? Because when a beaver does something, they do it right and by the book. And uh, Anybody from Michigan, Minnesota? Uh, how do you get rid of a beaver dam? If a beaver builds a dam across your creek, how do you get rid of a beaver dam? Anybody know? Uh, that's good. Well, you just shoot him. Shoot the beaver. That's a good one. No. how do you get rid of the dam, not the beaver you Blow it up. You get the Army Corps of Engineers, they bring C4, the real deal, and they blow it up because beavers are detailed and organized. Now, think about this. If you live with a beaver right now, they're the ones that line up their shoes and their hangers all go the same way. These are the people that actually have sock drawers in their room, all right? If you live with an otter, they have sock rooms, basically, all right? But the beavers are detailed and organized, and these are the people that actually balance their checkbook here at school. Otters, they just switch banks till they finally figure out their balance, you know? Well... take uh, take all of these and put them in the same dorm room, and what is that? That is wild kingdom, right? Or when you go home, what can it be? Wild kingdom. And and wherever God's going to place you next. But here's the interesting thing. In 1 Corinthians, it says we're not all eyes, we're not all ears, we all have different gifts, different abilities, and yet God has placed us right in the body as He desired. So that's what I want to talk to you about is that Almighty God, whatever your strengths are, um, has placed you this year, the little bit that's left, and is going to be placing you um, with with different people, roommates, teachers, friends. Anybody have a lie-in teacher this year? You just know it as soon as you walk in. They'll go, okay, sit down. We're getting started. Nobody else has ever gone through this course, uh, this This." Uh, uh, textbook but we're getting through it this year you know and and then what about if you have an otter teacher what are they like well we're gonna have a test on Wednesday Eh, let's make it through Eh, we're not having a test those are no fun you know Um, what about a golden retriever teacher okay golden retriever teacher they're like well here's my office hours Oh, I shouldn't do this but here's my home phone number and you're gonna make it through the class and what are the beavers doing hey the margins. these are the margins right there when you turn this in it's gotta be just like this Beavers are the people that when you have a string uh, with a ball on it, they have to park the car right there in the garage, right there, you know. Well, bottom line is, is that Almighty God has placed us this semester with people that are different than us. That's just something that he does all the time. Uh, roommates, teachers, friends, but he also gives us a choice. And here's the choice, Okay. Uh, both, It's in Deuteronomy, great verse, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and uh, verse 19. And it says this, I call heaven and earth to witness against you that I have set before you a choice. Now, it's really a two-part. It's one choice, but it's two parts, life or death, the blessing or the curse. Now, what do I mean by life or death, the blessing or the curse? Well, we've got to define terms real quick. This is what it literally means to add life to your relationship. The literal word, biblical word for life, literally means to step towards someone. So when you're stepping towards the Lord, when you're stepping towards other people, you are adding life to your relationship. Have you ever been around somebody that just, they're just happy and they're engaged and boy, when you you know, they're, they're choosing life? Well, Um, bottom line is that is a choice that we make with our roommates are we going to step toward them or are we going to do something else or with our mom when we we go back home and I'll explain that here in just a minute or people we're working with but here's a second choice Uh, we can either add life to our relationships or the other choice is death well the word death in scripture literally means to step away to step away into isolation or separation. And so that's the first choice God tells us. Are you going to move towards people or are you going to step away and, and, uh, and, and start seeing your relationships die inside as a result? Now let me give you an example. I guarantee you there are some of you that, and we only have a couple of weeks left of school, that are in a relationship with some of your roommates and guess for whatever reason you've decided to what? Just step away. Now, if they're dealing drugs out of the room, that's probably a good thing, you know. But there's other reasons why we step away because maybe they didn't get in the same deal we did or maybe uh, um, they snore or they don't do their part in cleaning up the room or whatever. And guess what our mindset has been is, you know what, I'm just going to step away. When you start stepping away in a relationship, that relationship starts dying inside. And so let, let me tie that into dating. I guarantee you there are some of you that are sitting here today and you're in a dating relationship with somebody right now. And when things are going great in a dating relationship, that means you're stepping toward the Lord. You're stepping toward each other. You're engaging. But guess what happens when things begin to break down? People begin to choose to step away. And I'm telling you right now, if you are in a relationship with somebody and their relational style is is, you know, when the going gets tough or, you know, all, they're, they're stepping away all the time. They'll step away, oh, well, no, oh, yeah, don't go away, oh, well, no, and they step back. If you're, if you're in a relationship where um, somebody uses, now let me tell you, that's a great way to control people is to keep stepping away. But in a long-term relationship, guess what? You're going to be in a relationship that's just dying inside. You want somebody in a relationship that's going to be stepping towards the Lord and that's going to be stepping towards you, not using withdrawal as a manipulation tool to keep somebody around. Um, And I'm a marriage and family counselor. I see that every stinking week in my office. I see couples, and they'll come in and they go, well, we need to separate. What a joke. Separation does not build relationships. You cannot build strong relationships by, okay, let's move way apart. Because all it does is put issues in the deep freeze, and then all of a sudden you know they thaw out as soon as you get back together, and people wonder, well why didn 't the separation work? well, because you can 't build strong relationships by walking away from somebody else. you build them by walk stepping towards somebody so keep that in mind uh, with with where you 're headed this summer. Are you going to step towards others or step away um, and, and, and that 's huge well here 's the second thing, and that is. Are you going to bless people, or are you going to curse them? Now, uh, here's what the word "curse" means. The curse, the word "curse" doesn't mean, you know, Stephen King with a bloody chicken leg, you know, at midnight, you know, curse you, kind of a thing. It literally means to dam up the stream. When you curse someone, you know what it's saying? It's saying I could let something good like life-giving water flow down to you, but you know what? I ain't going to do it. I could do say something nice or do something nice to you, but I'm going to choose not to do that. Well, what is it that you choose not to do? Well, the word bless, let's look at that. Here's what the word blessing means. Now, um, uh, t- tell me your name right down there in the uh, blue shirt, first row right there. What's your name? Dick. Okay, now hopefully he wasn't a lineman in uh, high school or was played some kind of skill position. Uh, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to toss you this coin and at least give it a shot. Try to catch this thing, okay? And uh, so, what does it mean to bless someone? To curse means to dam up the stream. To bless means, okay? Ready? Okay. Let's see if I can get it there. And oh, we got to give it up again. Great job. Okay. Now maybe. Maybe that was total luck, so let's try it again just to see if it was total luck, or did he... Oh, one-handed! All right, okay, good job. All right. Now, what have I just done? Well, I just blessed him. So what does that mean? You're supposed to go home, and you're supposed to bless people by giving them money? No, but what the word blessing literally means is it means to add weight or value. And it's like adding coins to a scale, because in biblical times, you would add to a person's life... Um, it, it, the, the way they measured how valuable something was was they would weigh it in a scale. So the greater the weight, the more the value. And so the picture there is when you bless someone, you're saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to add to your life. So watch this real quick, because this is a choice you make when you go home and or when you head out this summer or whatever else. Uh, the word blessing was whenever you blessed someone, there was appropriate... Meaningful touch. Appropriate touch was always a part of it. So do me a favor. This won't kill you. Lean over. Shake somebody's hand around you. Appropriate meaningful touch. Okay, um, Touch blesses people. Here's the second thing. Is blessing, you bless someone when verbally you tell them that they have high value. So think about that this summer. You bless somebody when you help them understand that they have value. You help you bless someone you, when you help them realize that they have a special future, that God can really use them in the future. And you bless them by saying, You know what? I'm committed to you no matter what. Instead of withdrawing from them, you're saying to them, I'm gonna I, I want to be here to bless you. Now let me give you a quick example of that. Who's here? that has a brother or a sister that's really smart? Who has a really smart sibling? OK, oh, all right, you were all the smart ones, all right? Well, anyway, um, I have a really smart twin brother. Here's my twin brother, Jeff. And Jeff, uh, Jeff graduated summa cum laude at Indiana University, uh, which is above magna cum laude, if you know that. Jeff graduated. I graduated lordy how come, uh, frankly, from school. Um, I graduated, uh, well, actually from high school, I went to junior college on probation. I went to TCU, I only got two scholarship offers, and I ended up playing at TCU, and um, I went to TCU on probation. I got into Dallas Seminary on probation. I went to my doctoral program on probation. So I am persistent, but I'm not brilliant like my, uh, we're fraternal twins, so I can uh, brag on Jeff. You know, I called Jeff, he's a cancer doctor. Anybody want to go to a cancer doctor that's an otter? I ah, just cut anywhere, no problem, you know. Um, but Jeff's a, a do- I called him the other day, I go, hey, what are you working on? He goes, ah, you wouldn't understand. And, um, but, um, Here's my mom, single parent home. I never really knew my dad. Uh, he left when I was two and a half months old. But bottom line is, is that my mom was there to bless us. And I remember uh, one time, senior year, Jeff, on his term paper, remember the big mother of all term papers, senior year, Jeff gets what on his term paper? He gets an A, because that's, that's all he ever got was A's. I get what? Uh, you know, I get a D as in dog, not B as in boy. And I had tried hard. Except I hadn't started till the night before, but I had tried hard the night before, and, um, and I didn't do footnotes because I had lost the back two pages, and, and footnotes sounded hard anyway, and, uh, and I'm really old, and so anybody remember typewriters? I had literally run out of typewriter ribbon, so I hand-wrote the last two pages. Legibly, but turned them in. And and, um, anybody remember the movie, The Christmas Story with the Red Ryder BB gun? Remember the Red Ryder BB gun? Remember when he turns in a paper for his teacher and he's thinking he's going to get what? An A. And I had done, I thought this was a really good paper. And I turn it in and I'm thinking just like, you know, that kid did, you know, where the teacher is writing on the board, A plus, A plus, and people are carrying them around the room. And I thought when I got my paper back, I'm going to get an A. I get a D on my term paper, the big one. And I remember sitting down at the table, and Jeff had already, my mom had already said, hey, let me see your paper. And, of course, he gets an A and always did, made you sick. And then uh, I, my mom goes, well, hey, where's your paper? And I go, well, the dog ate it. Uh, we had a bulldog. And it goes, the, she goes, the dog ate it? I go, yeah, he didn't want to eat it, but he ate it. You know." And, and, uh, and so she goes, oh, come on, the dog didn't eat your paper. And I go, no, nah, all right. And so I show her my paper, and she doesn't say anything for a long time. She just looks at me. Now, watch what she does. See these five things? Um, I can tell you what my mom was doing when she, what she was wearing and where she was sitting when she did, does this. But she reaches out and she took my hand. She was a rheumatoid, arthritic. her hands were all beat up. And so she would hold your hand. And if my mom held your hands, you couldn't pull away. You had to just sit there. Because I don't know if you know with the rheumatoid, if you pull... It would hurt her wrist so bad, she'd, she'd cry. So if she, she was like an iron grip, this little hand, you know. So she'd hold on. So she goes, look at me. Makes really good eye contact. And she says verbally to me, you know what? I love you so much. And uh, you should have worked harder on the paper. And i kind going drop my eyes. She goes, but wait a minute. She goes, but you know what? You do such a good job of using words when you write. I wouldn't be surprised if God used your words someday. To help other people. Now, let me tell you, none of my teachers were telling me that years ago, okay? But I thank God I had somebody in my life that chose to add to my life, not just subtract, all right? Well, that's the choice you have. You can close the loop with a roommate or with somebody at the end of the, this school year, or you can choose to walk away from them. You can choose to add to their life, or you can choose to dam up the stream. And one last thing, and, and then we're done, is let me give you one more picture. Uh, to, you know, in, in, uh, It was a choice that I had, because there's some of us that someday, we're going to have to choose um, to even maybe bless somebody that didn't bless us. Here's what I mean by that. This is a book I wrote a long time ago. There were these little mice. They go to bed one summer day, and they wake up the next day, and guess what? All the color is gone from the world. I mean all the color. And um, they discover there was this really mean mole, and he'd ripped all the color off from the world. Well, if you griped about the fact there was no more color in your world, you know what they do? They put you in a slingshot and shoot you right out of the storybook, which is not a good thing if you're a storybook animal, right? Well, this one little mouse gripes that there's no color in the world. They shoot him out of the storybook, but instead of going out of the storybook, he actually lands right at the feet of this most beautiful chameleon, And this beautiful creature tells him about a very special thing that happened on a very special day. and because What day is that? Christmas Day. And because of Christmas Day, guess what? Even though that mouse grew up with subtraction and the curse and a lot taken away from his life, he could get all the color back. In fact, not only that, he could help other people get color back in their world. And so that's what he does. He helps other people get red and green and yellow back. And the mole comes out and goes, oh, well sure, you can help them get red and green and yellow back, but you will never, you will always be damaged goods. You will never help them get all the color back. And and they look at the chameleon and he goes, that's true, you will never get all the color back, he says, unless you, what, forgive them all. And so when I was in college, guess what I had to do? I had to choose to go back home and with my dad, who was a, angry alcoholic and bailed out when we were two and a half months old. And I used to hate my dad. And then I became a Christian and I just intensely disliked him. But finally, finally guess what I had to do? Once Almighty God fills you up with his blessing, you can even go back to somebody that never blessed you and give them the blessing. And I took my dad out to lunch and I asked him to forgive me for being so angry with him. Uh, for so many years, and he goes, eh, if you need that, fine, I go, I do. Now, he didn't change a lot, but guess who changed? It was me. And you know what? When you begin to bless people, even moles, you begin to look at them differently. You can even give back to somebody that never gave to you, like they gave th- this mole some sunglasses. Okay? And guess who becomes the best blesser in the forest because of it? Well, let me close in a word of prayer, and then we'll close up, and here we go. Well, Lord, I am so grateful for Laura Trent, who's here, and uh, the blessing she's been to us, and her sister as well. But Lord, I also know that there are some of us that are just like me. Maybe we grew up with lots of subtraction. Maybe we grew up with people in our life that have walked away, not stepped forward. But there is a choice you set before us, life or death, the blessing of the curse. So, Lord, help everybody walking out of here realize they can still close the loop in a positive way on relationships here at Baylor, but then, Lord, this summer as they head out, they have that choice. They can either move towards other people and towards you, or they can step back and step away and dam up the stream. So, Lord, help us to choose life. It's in your precious name we do pray, Lord Jesus, and all God's people said, amen hey thanks for coming see you later Lord bless you guys oh uh, thank you Laura thanks Laura.